Welcome. Welcome, Bunny. Well, let me let me say your uh, government name. <laughs> Welcome to Just the Woman with Antoinette. But she's my cousin, so I call her Bunny. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. How are, you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So I'm glad we are finally able to connect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is definitely going to be a very interesting topic that you have chosen. So I am very, very um, excited about us going into this um, because it is definitely something that a lot of us probably have um, experienced throughout our lives as far as childhood trauma um, that you're going to be addressing. And one thing I've learned about childhood tra trauma that some of us seem to always equate to, and this is like with any trauma, we think it's just physical so just to clarify, it isn't always like something physical. It isn't necessarily like if you were abused as a child or even if you were, you know, sexually assaulted as a child. Sometimes childhood trauma can be mental as well. It can be, you know, ideals that were put on your head or it can be how you were spoken to. So it's a, it covers a wide range of things. So. I didn't realize that until I got older, all of the, you know, the umbrella of things that fall under childhood trauma. So I kind of just wanted to put that out there too, because I think sometimes we think, well, I wasn't beat up. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, a traumatic experience, whereas it could have still been an experience that affected your future relationships or how you are as a person. And you may not have been physically touched at all. So, yeah. So tell us about, childhood trauma as it relates to what you have experienced okay so uh, my experience with childhood uh trauma started out with uh sexual abuse um uh two family members um first time i think i was in third grade second time i was in sixth or seventh and then also um I was exposed to, uh, while at the bus stop, uh, a man asked me that I like lollipops. And when I turned around to say, no, thank you, he had his uh, private parts in his hands. Oh, my goodness. So the, the trauma of that, like, led me to drugs and alcohol. And it's because I never had an outlet. Um, a lot of things that what our parents did, or I should say how I grew up was everything was you, what goes on in the house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. Only adults talked about it, but nobody really checked on the child. Like I was never um, introduced to psychiatry, which mm -hmm. I really needed because all that stuff was bottled up inside me. And by being bottled up inside, um, my outlet was fighting all the time, then sneaking, drinking my mom's uh, alcohol. And um, because I was a little bit mature, I start using drugs. People never really knew my age. 
So it was easy for me to cop. Mm -hmm. So my, um, I think the trauma really was, was dealing with the mental issues that never was addressed until I decided to actually want not to use drugs anymore, not wanting to use alcohol. I had to go through the feelings. And a lot of times we as human beings don't like to feel. Right. We find some type of way of escaping, whether it's food, drugs, alcohol, shopping, gambling. Like there's so many ways to escape out of life mm -hmm. that we never get to really deal with the underlying issue. So when you first to kind of like go back, when these experiences happened to you as a kid, were you able to confide in another adult, whether it was your parent or someone else you trusted and told them what happened? Or did you carry this as a secret for your adulthood and you didn't share it until later on in life? Actually, I shared. Um each time, each mm -hmm. time I shared mm -hmm. and I, I guess my mom did the best that she knew how. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess she did the best that she knew how. I don't know if, uh, you know, the stigmatism of being mentally, um, need mental help. A lot of people would rather run from it than to go actually get the help. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess that's where that lies. Uh, I, I, I guess a lot might have been guilt and shame or maybe um, ego. Mm -hmm. Not sure, but yes. Um, needed, needed the help, never got the help. So it just carried on. So how did it stop? Like, did, did another adult intervene and stop it? Or did this person just over time just stop? Like, how how did it stop? So with the sexual abuse, the first time um, that it happened, they got busted. Mm -hmm. And what, what goes on in the house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. um, the second time, my mom knew something was wrong. And because I was threatened and beat... I was scared and she knew something was wrong. So I had to tell her what happened. Mm -hmm. And the third time, like I said, it was at a bus stop. And um, I actually had my little brother, which was a baby at the time, in my hand with some school books. And I remember running, trying not to drop him, but left all the books. Um, I didn't care about the books. I just needed me and him to be um, safe. Mm -hmm. And the guilt that I carry around with that is um, my godfather, who they were watching my brother at the time, and I had to go get him after school. Mm. And uh, he went out and he beat the man half to death. No, he beat the man to death, I should say. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. And uh, because the family pressed the issue, um, he ended up going to jail for a long time for protecting me. So that was a lot of guilt and shame that I held on to. And I think the problem, too, with when it happens within a family setting, um, 
Now, mind you, I've never experienced that. So I'm just, I'm really just going based on my own opinion. I feel like the adults not justifying their response, but I feel like they don't want to stir the pot. So that's why they don't necessarily address it, depending on who that person is. Like, say it's, you know, a wife and it's her husband that's, you know, touching the kids or whatever the case may be. They don't want to, like, disturb whatever their relationship is with that person or, you know, so which which is horrible because then now you're further, you know, you're damaging your child. You're almost co-signing the behavior. Exactly. I think that's what it is too, depending on who the other person is. Um, Sometimes they just don't want to ruin that relationship or like you said, what goes on in the house stays in the house. And that is, that is a horrible uh, saying that we have really, you know, told our kids, I mean, certain things, yes, (laughs) you know, because kids know when to like really abuse that saying too. But when it comes to your safety, like we really have to, you know, we have to break that down. It's like what goes on in the house stays in the house as far as, you know, little things like, you know, maybe uh, we like to celebrate Christmas early or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it comes to your safety, no, you need to voice it. If you can't vocalize it to me as your parent, then yes, I want you to be able to vocalize it to another trusted adult. So I think we kind of need to like reword that um, just because then it, it, when you're when you're young, that's you're naturally thinking. I can't talk about anything that's going on in my house, even if it is hurting me. So, yeah, we definitely got to get rid of that. So, yeah, and that's why I broke the cycle when, uh, as my kids were coming up, mm-hmm. I decided that even if they thought that it would put them in danger or in trouble, put it in my pocket when I uh, my nursing uniform when I'm on my way to work. By the time I read it. I won't be so mad when I get back to you or go to my sister. They have an excellent uh, relationship with my sister. So they were able, if they couldn't talk to me, they went to my sister, but I always told them, even my son, like, cause they touch boys too. Mm-hmm. You need to know that it's not right. And you need to tell somebody, mm-hmm. do not be scared. I don't care what that person says Yeah, because they're only threatening you because they know they're doing wrong. Yeah. And the danger in that too, I mean, we can look at, you know, various, you know, records or behaviors of other, you know, child predators, you know, the danger in not doing something about it or not telling or not even getting that child help is that you may be potentially creating that child to then be a predator to someone else as an adult, you know, exactly hurt, hurt people, hurt people. So, you know, you, you definitely have to be able to stop that cycle right when you are aware of it. And I like how you mentioned that you were able to find out that, you know, or you were able to you were able to relate it to your addiction because I think so so oftentimes people that have never experienced addiction, whether as a user or as a family member of an addict, they automatically judge and think, oh, that person, you know, they just like to get high. And it's like, no, the addiction is just the 
remedy to the actual pain or whatever it is that person is trying to get away from. The, it, the addiction is like the symptom, basically. The, the big problem is why is that person getting high? I, I don't honestly believe that people choose to deliberately destroy their bodies or you know put their lives at risk without some type of psychological reason behind it. Like, I, I just can't honestly believe that, you know? So for you to say that that was your remedy to the pain that you weren't able to address, I completely get it. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of addicts have that similar story. They weren't able to talk to someone or they're like, you know, replaying the instance. Or like you said, guilt definitely can make you turn to other things. So yes. how long... Um, how long were you in your addiction? So actually, I started out young. So mm -hmm. the first time I think I picked up um, something to drink, I was probably like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my road, um, I had pop pills, Nord, um, uh, Coke, smoke Coke, um, Stone alcoholic, which they say did us hereditary. Um, and alcohol was not my friend at all. Um, but yeah, at the end of the road, I think I was like 27, and God just said, What are you doing? I was looking in the mirror one, like in the wee hours in the morning, looking at the, myself and looking at my kids, like, You don't even have to live like this, like, there's a better way. I even tried committing suicide. Like I just couldn't deal with the pain. So um, God seen something better in me than I had seen in myself at that time. And um, I tried getting clean in 94, didn't work. Um, then in 96, I was like, I'm done. I'm done, totally done. And I haven't picked up anything since. And I'm able to deal with the trauma. Mm -hmm. that went on in my life. I never understood until I went into recovery. Like, it's not about why me. It's why not me. And mm -hmm. God got me through it. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations for being able to, you know, remain um, with your sobriety and in recovery. Because, I mean, Addiction isn't just drugs, you know, drugs and alcohol. I mean, we 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 automatically say that right away, but it's every anything that you know you are using to not deal with your reality, whether that's sexual addiction, whether that's gambling, shopping, even overeating. I, I personally can attest to that one. <laughs> you know, so it's anything that you are not doing in a healthy manner that is something you're using as a solution to your problem so you know it, it, it's it is bigger than just drugs and alcohol but i think it's getting to the core of that that problem um now as far as like finding out that the things that you had dealt with as far as the you know molestation um being the remedy or being the source of your addiction did you know that right away or was this after like a couple years of being in recovery that you were like okay that makes sense this is why i'm doing it so actually um i can say that 
in my diction, I knew it. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing the steps, it just brought out more because we have a saying that your addiction is only 10%. The rest is you. Yeah. So I had to deal with me and my feelings. And a lot of times people use their feelings as a reason to escape, which that's what I did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But once I got clean, I know that those feelings go away. I can get through those feelings, but if I pick up again, it's just going to add more problems to the situation that I'm trying to escape from. Yeah. 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 And feelings are temporary too. I think exactly. We, we hold on to them like they're permanent, but they don't have to be permanent. Those are temporary reactions to our, you know, reality, but they, they don't have to be you. Um, and that's something that you obviously learn over time as you, my grandmother used to say, live a little longer. <laughs> 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 live a little longer. And that's basically how that is. Um, I think, too, with childhood trauma, the biggest thing is is recognizing the trauma. Like a lot of things we just, you know, will brush off as, you know, that was just part of growing up or that was just a part, you know, but it's not everything is okay. Like dysfunction is not a normal, <laughs> that's not the environment that, you know, a child should be raised in. So I think we have to bring attention, even if it kind of hurts the feelings of maybe the adults in our lives who didn't stand up for us, or even the adults in our lives that um, were the source of it. We have to, we have to advocate for the little kid that is in us that's saying, Hey, you know, speak out you know because we we like we put a band-aid on everything and we just brush it off as you know they hey that's what they used to do back then or and it's like no that's not okay exactly <laughs> that's not exactly. okay especially exactly. when it comes to predatory behavior you know i hate when i hear like well you know back in the day the older men they used to marry women like 15 but that's not okay exactly <laughs> and in some they cultures they still do it yeah yeah and it's not okay because you're not allowing their minds to develop mm -hmm. and that's what happened to me i can i i like sharing this one story like um i think i have maybe three years clean maybe might be a little longer but make a long story short me and my children were downtown uh picked i live in pittsburgh and uh, I had just hit the lottery. I had for a lot of money and we was just splurging. I, we got all new stuff in the house. We went shopping. So we downtown and I'm like, okay, y'all, where are we going to go eat at? Mm -hmm. And because none of us could decide where we wanted to eat, I was the biggest kid. I threw the temper tantrum. <laughs> and, and I can laugh now, but I had to look and I was like, who is the biggest kid? Who is really the, and, and a lot of that had to do with my grandfather. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to grow up when he was 11. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to be a parent. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in my late twenties with three kids and 
and that's another thing that was trauma to me because mm -hmm. once he he did he uh, passed away like i did not know how to be responsible mm -hmm. like a lot of people think that that's a good thing oh um my parents always did for me but what about when they're no longer here exactly exactly that's that's the thing like we want to we, we don't want our kids to struggle but we also don't want to raise entitled kids and we don't want to handicap them either. Exactly. And I kind of had the same experience when my grandfather died because he also, just like your grandfather, he was one of those, like, now, now he, he may pretend it like he didn't have it, but I knew, like, if I gave it, like, an hour or two, I would get whatever I wanted. <laughs> Sound like me. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, you're saying no right now. Exactly. But, <laughs> but then when he died, I was just like, oh my goodness, if I really need something, like, who gonna help me, you know? So, yeah, that does, like, it's traumatic for you in that moment because yes. you do feel like, wow, I was 100% you know, dependent on this person um, as well. And I think, too, also with childhood trauma, while it's good to be able to identify it, um, we also have to not let it define us and use it as a crutch too. Because I know for me growing up with different things I had to experience and see, and I would always, you know, bring it up. And, you know, my mom, she was one of those people where, you know, you could tell her how you felt, but she wasn't going to allow you to be the victim nor was she going to necessarily allow you to continue to blame other people. So at a point it's like, okay, we're addressing this, we're dealing with it, whether it's therapy, you know, whatever it looks like for you and dealing with it. But if, if you are addressing it, and I say this only if you're addressing, and I'm not saying like that is to disregard it if you haven't addressed it, but if you are in the process of addressing it, whether it's therapy and, you know, your, your your relationship with God, anything that you're doing to address it, I think there also has to come a point where you're like, this does not define me. This is no longer a hold over my life. Um, I have overcame this, you know, because too often we'll say, we'll use it forever and justify our behavior. Like, you know, I'm like this because of this X, Y, and Z that happened to me. And it's like, this happened to me, but this is not me. This does not define who I am as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we, we carry it as a crutch too. So. Exactly. And uh, it, it, I learned it also, um, how can I put this? It also was like the type of men that I, I had chose at the time. Mm -hmm. Like for some reason, I wanted the rough ones. I wanted the ones that uh, we had to argue and fight and all that. But once I got clean, I knew better and I did better. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to degrade myself like that. And mm -hmm. you just because you got a couple dollars in your pocket or your rough neck. No, I'd rather have a square mm -hmm. because I'm no longer allowing those feelings to dictate who I'm going to be with. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, uh, these men did these things to me. No, it was not healthy. And no, it's not good in a relationship. So I had to rethink and relearn all over again. They say we date wherever we are mentally. 
Exactly. So if, you, if you haven't dealt with some stuff and you are maybe in an insecure position in your life and, you know, that's what you're going to attract. Like, you know, you're not a, a, a someone who has dealt with everything that they have, whether it's, you know, relationship issues, childhood trauma, insecurities, and is confident in who they are as a person they're not going to usually attract someone who is not, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think we date at the level of our current mental state too. So, so yeah, that makes complete sense. Cause I'm like, I'm like you too. Like I, you know, when I think of something, <laughs> I just be like, what, why? <laughs> 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 but it was like, uh, you were so used to like just certain negative energy. And so yes. that's what you were drawn to regardless of how it looked or how dramatic it was. But then, like you said, when you started looking at things differently, when you started working on you and working on the issues in your life, you knew that, okay, this is not healthy. This is not what I need. This is not. And so you naturally like, and not even just so much romantic relationships too. I think when you are like in a better place, you want all of your relationships to be positive. Like yes. for me personally, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you came from my womb, if we share DNA, if we live on the same block, if the energy is negative, I cannot be around you. And if I have to cut that off for I have to just for my own peace. Because and you do. And yeah, you do. Yeah. It's not healthy. It's not, not at all. No. Not at all. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely understand that. So, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, I know you said you kept the conversation open with your children as far as if they were ever in that situation to come and talk to you. Um, did you also tell them like what to recognize, like how to, when yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Because, and I even told them what had happened to me, which mm -hmm. some family members thought that I told my kids too much. But I always thought that if I didn't tell them enough, somebody out in the street would, and mm -hmm. I would rather tell them than somebody that's going to try to take advantage of them. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I also. Uh, explain to them because of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I suffer, I have severe depression and um, really bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I explained to them about that as well. Like, you know, sometimes I might just need to be by myself. I might like not want to, you know, uh, do anything. Cause like, when I first came around in recovery, we were always from morning to night in a meeting or out eating with and fellowshipping with the people. And there would be times that I just didn't want to be bothered. And my kids would be like, oh, no, we need a meeting. And mm -hmm. I needed that. I needed that accountability mm -hmm. to not sink into that depression. Mm -hmm. Like, um, even though the acts were traumatic, Mm -hmm. but the mental part, and that's what I was saying. Nobody got me any help. Mm -hmm. So the mental part, I didn't really actually start dealing with until God woke me up. I guess I, I have to give it to him. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where I would be, mm -hmm. but you know, 
he woke me up like, no, 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 I got something better for you. And then he led me to recovery from recovery. He said, okay, that mental illness need to be dealt with. Well, they say depression is not an illness. It's just, a, but you can't tell me that because anytime somebody just balls up in bed, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah um, it's a lot to tra- uh, childhood trauma. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just the act. It, it, it's, it's that child not being able to vent, not being able to um, receive the, the help that they need because that uh, that help is, is really what probably... It, I think if I would have got the proper help, I might not have talked, uh, not talked, I wouldn't have went as far as using drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I think it, I really do believe that, but it was set. It was set. Um, and, and, and the crazy thing about it is, is that um, I'm glad that I no longer have to hide, like, Mm-hmm. I had I had my mental illness for a long time, mm-hmm. like and and I don't have to hide. Like I since I joined like Facebook, I found out that so many people are open about it now. And that's the thing is that it's like it's crazy how as soon as you start talking about stuff, you realize how many people can relate because you know even when I look at like certain things that I didn't know back then was depression or was, you know, whatever, you know, we just, you know, diagnose it or label it as now, but just from being around people, hearing other people's story, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And I think that's what it is. We have to realize that telling your story is not so much telling your business and it ain't about like it's not about shaming people or making your family look any kind of way it's about helping and as soon as we can we tell everything else we share drama (laughs) we share you know different things that we probably shouldn't share but like helping somebody else is like I think that's the biggest thing that we can do you know by sharing our experience because especially with us, I think that, you know, depression is definitely something that we are taught to like minimize and not realize that it is a silent killer because people aren't talking about it. And then they feel like they don't have to talk about it. Exactly. And I know for me that, you know, I'm one of those people that like, I can literally, you know, I can, make myself look presentable I can be smiling I can I can you know I can take 50 million selfies I can just look like I'm having the time of my life and literally be like fighting some stuff and then you know people see that and so then they minimize they're like oh she's fine there's nothing wrong with her she's okay or you know it's not that bad for her and it's like we have to stop comparing each other's exactly. and realize that everyone goes through stuff. People just have a different way of covering it up. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We definitely have to be open to the conversation and not, not minimizing it. Like your pain isn't any less or any, you know, worse than my, you know, we all are in pain. So yeah. So definitely being able to just share with people. I mean, yeah, that's definitely helpful. Yes, yes, yes. 
And I'm glad you brought that up because, like, it's only when my pain get great enough that I go and seek the help, which mm -hmm. I think I torture myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy as, as well because I'm good with just laying in the bed and flicking the channels. Mm -hmm. But then when I go and seek that help, I get up and I get, I find energy and I start doing things again. Yeah. Like I allow certain situations to bring me down. And, and I, I still ain't got that part yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like why I say situations. That, that relationship with God has to be tight. Like, you know, I, I will, I will like, announce that from the highest mountain your relationship with god has to be super tight because there is going to be times where you don't have someone on the other end of the phone that you can trust to be able to vent to when you are like you said sitting in the bed you know watching tv because you are depressed you have to have that relationship so that you know what i could turn off this tv and i can get on my knees and i can pray and i can say god I need you to remove this spirit of depression off of me at this moment. But it only comes from that connection because, you know, for me, a lot of times when I was going through stuff, you know, I could just pick up the phone and call my mom or call my daddy and be like X, Y, Z, or I'm feeling this and that. So now that I don't have either of them to vent to, I have no choice but to talk to God. It's like, he put me in a room where it's like, all right, it's just me and you now. Like I'm, you know, so you also have to be able to, you know, while it's good to have the support system, if you have it, but if you don't, it's like, if you ain't in tune with him, like it's, it's going to be hard because then you're, you're just right about that. Up. Yeah. You're I got my anointing. I got my anointing oil. I've been burning the <laughs> sage. <laughs> you got it all. <laughs> I'm like, look, I be singing and doing my little praises and stuff. I be yeah. even in the shower because it seemed like that's my most intimate time with God. Like mm -hmm. I can pray, but mm -hmm. it's like something about me and water and God. I mm -hmm. used to even sit by the river and mm -hmm. read um, like my meditation books and be so at peace. Mm-hmm. So I pay. So yeah, I I can really relate to that one. Yeah, I, I just know the, the one person I can't talk to is me because if I if I talk to me about what me going through, then <laughs> <laughs> see see the, the problem. <laughs> look, that's why I get ready to say I don't like some of the answers I get myself. Because <laughs> right. <laughs> because me is gonna make the situation worse. I'm like, yeah, girl. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> like my episode with two vehicles being hit. Oh Lord! In a month time, <laughs> one totaled, and the other one I just got on a Friday. That Monday, somebody smacked right into the driver's door. Like, yeah, woo! Yeah. I lost everything that day. I <laughs> I all bet. spirituality just went out the door. I yeah. have to. So you definitely have to have something to pull you back. Where yes, like, all right, God, I'm gonna let you take over because if I take over, somebody gonna have to, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. You definitely have to have that, and you know, like you said, even I know you said there's times where you know your kids can recognize that you may be in a space where you want to be alone, but sometimes as long as it's a healthy alone, I don't think it's a problem. If it's just 
I just need a break from people right now, not because I'm depressed, but because they're overwhelming me. Um, I've been able to recognize that too, because, you know, I've seen this thing. It, it, I was reading something the other day. It was in relation to sin. It was like, it was like, you never lose sleep when you're doing, you don't lose sleep when you are doing the right thing. But when you have sin, then you toss and turn because you're thinking about that thing. And I, I really, wow, that's, that's powerful. I've yeah, never thought about do. that. Not too many people that, that know God are like sleeping peacefully after they didn't committed a sin or whatever. Right. And that sin can be anything. It ain't gotta be nothing heinous, like going out and murdering somebody. It can right. Just be like having a disagreement or discords or being angry or whatever the case may be. But even if I feel like I'm taking on too many people or just overwhelming myself, or even like looking at too many different things, whether it be social media and I'm reading all everybody else's problems, sometimes that can be too much for me too. I can, I can literally feel in my spirit where I'm like overwhelmed and I have to like just disconnect. And it's not because I'm depressed. It's just like information overload. I'll be like, yeah. okay, I need, I need a moment to just breathe and take a break, you know, maybe put my phone up, maybe turn my phone off, maybe put it on do not disturb, you know, whatever I need to do until I'm able to come back, you know, rejuvenated. But yeah, you do. It's okay to sometimes say, I need, I just need a me moment. <laughs> You're right about that. Mm. You're right. You're yeah. right. Definitely. But yeah, I think, you know, too, as we talk about childhood trauma, you know, it's good to be able to also just recognize everything about it. Like I said at the beginning, it's not just, sexual abuse or physical abuse it is so many other things it's how we talk to our children yes it's you know how we um even if it's not even the words we say to the children sometimes it's just the tone or you know your attitude or even like ideals so it's, it's so many things whatever is causing your child to like a behavior to be affected and i think that's the problem sometimes we see kids act up and then we automatically say, oh, that's a bad kid. We're, usually, no, that's not necessarily that's a bad kid. That's a kid that's, that's responding to something that maybe they can't get out. You know? And I say that all the time because that was me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that person that fought. I, I remember my mom telling me, I don't know if you're going to get kicked out or drop out of school. Mm-hmm. But that was my outlet fighting. Yeah, yeah. And another thing we have to stop telling our children is do do what I say and not what I do. You can't oh, yeah, do stuff one. in front of your kids and think they're not going to try it because you're making it look so appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that kind of like, that goes to like just all of that old school parenting that we've been around and we have to kind of break ourselves out of. Yes. Um, you know, and especially like you know, when I think of like the kids, especially like fighting and acting up at school and, you know, sometimes these teachers just write it off as this kid is this and this kid is that. Maybe they have ADHD. Maybe they don't. Maybe that kid didn't get a meal this morning or maybe that kid, you know, is living in a house where everyone is getting high. You know, maybe that kid had to protect their mom from being abused. Like exactly you know what that kid had to do before they got to school. So exactly, we definitely need to recognize all of that and look at the actual reason for the behavior and not just the behavior itself. Right. Uh, because kids, they speak out, even if they don't 
you know, verb, you know, vocalize what's going on, it will come out just like us, just like us as adults, you know. If we ain't got to say, especially us women, you know, your guy can be, like, <laughs> be like, how your day going? And you can be like, fine. Like, yeah, it might have been a little bit more than fine because of your tones. So, right. Uh, right. We let it out in, in that way. So um, if you had to just encourage someone else that either has a child that is you know, going through um, overcoming a, a childhood trauma or even a kid themselves that may be in a situation where they don't really know how to reach out for help. Like, how would you, how would you encourage that kid to go about it? Like, who, who are the people they should reach out to? If, because what if that person that's hurting them is their parent, you know? So, who, who do you, what do you do then, you know? Okay, so my suggestion is um, find somebody that you mm -hmm. can confide in. And yeah. see, by me being a little older, I ain't going to say old, <laughs> but a little <laughs> older, like we didn't have some of the um, advantages that these young ones have today. Mm -hmm. So there's so many programs out here that would actually help you. Mm -hmm. Without your parents' consent, yeah. If you're afraid, mm -hmm. um, being I, I, I'm, I'm just being real transparent right now. I'm, I mean, it's like so. The person that beat and raped me was actually my father. Mm -hmm. He lied to my mom and said he was coming to get us mm -hmm. to take us to the movies and to spend the night and. Mm -hmm. He decided that he wanted to do more than that at his girlfriend's house that was somewhere out of town. Mm -hmm. But like I said, when we got to the house, when he dropped us back off, my mom automatically knew something was wrong with me mm -hmm. because she said my demeanor was just so much different. And I was so scared to say anything. It was like she had to keep saying, I know something is wrong. What is wrong? You're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. And. When somebody scares you that bad, run away, mm -hmm. run to safety. My safety was him taking me back home thinking that he had, because actually he did it in front of my sister. Oh, wow. And when I told her to run away, he told her to come back or he was going to kill me. I wanted to die because mm. you just took something away from me that wasn't yours to take. And this is somebody that you least expect it, you know? You're exactly. Father, but yeah. they tell you that it's usually somebody you know, whether it's family or a family friend. Yeah, because they they're more they likely to harm you than somebody strange. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion is find a family member. These programs out here, I didn't have the privilege. Mm -hmm. I had to rely just on my family. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, they did the best they can. Yeah. But these programs out here, you can go Google the programs. Yeah. Like here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we have PAR, which is, um, oh, how did it go? It's Action Against Rape. So, okay. yes. Um, and... They 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 get you out of the, the out of the situation. They place you in safety. 
Um, you go to counseling and everything, like it really helps. I never experienced the, um, to go through it because I dealt with it um, on my own way, going through counseling, medication and, and things like that. Yeah. But if there is any young person out here listening to this podcast, please do not stay in that situation. You don't even have to live on the streets to run. There's too many programs out here. And I know that COVID is going on, but they will they will help you. There's too and many I think programs out here. To the whole, like, that whole thing that we tell our kids what happens in the house stays in the house because then that kid thinks, man, I trust my teacher or I trust my principal and I wish I could tell them what's happening to me, but I'm scared because now if, if I tell them, they're going to call and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to get in more trouble. So exactly, it's, it's that fear too that they feel like they can't say anything and it's like, do it. Like you said, speak on it, you know. Um, I remember too being little and, you know, like my grandfather was my best friend in the whole world. Like that was just, that was my dude. That was my <laughs> And so I remember like I wanted to be around him all the time. Like I didn't care. You're like all the time, you know, under his tree, especially back in the day when he used to love his little beer. Um, <laughs> you know, I was, I would just be around him. And then I remember as soon as his friends started pulling up in the yard, my grandmother would just snatch me up and I would be so mad at her. And I'd be like, why are you taking me away from my best friend? Like, you know, I was just like, I didn't understand at that time. I was, I was so focused on being mad at her, but now having daughters and understanding things, she was protecting me because she, you know, in her mind, she's like, your grandfather loves you. And I know, you know, he is always going to protect you, but I don't know about these other men. And exactly. Drinking and, you know, I, I don't want you in that environment for it to ever be an opportunity. So I thank God now hindsight 2020 that she did snatch me up, even though I was probably kicking and screaming every time she did, <laughs> but, but she was protecting me. Cause she's like, I, she just didn't want, not, not saying that any of his friends would have ever done that, but she just didn't want to give anyone an opportunity to exactly. ever, you know, exactly. look at it in any kind of way. So I'm thankful for that. And we, we have to do that, you know, even if it's just little stuff like, you know, especially with me having girls, you know, before I was married and had a, you know, man in my household, we would all be comfortable walking around the house in our little shorts and stuff. But then once I had a man in my household, it's like, no, you walk out of your room with pants on. And exactly. You know, and not, not saying anything that my husband would do, but it's just like, and, and, and that also, and, and it's sad because it kind of all, it almost is like you're saying it's the girl's fault and the man can't control himself. And that's not what you're saying at all. I think it's just that, you know, we have to understand everyone is human. And exactly. This is, and, and like you said in the beginning, it ain't even just so much men abusing women. It's, it's boys being abused. It's women that actually take advantage of little boys. So it's it's and men that take that advantage out. Of yes. Boys. So yes. it's the whole spectrum. It's just I think it's just we gotta protect our kids a lot better. Exactly. Regardless of who it is, you know. And that's why I don't believe in little girls sitting on or between a man's legs. No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know? don't want to give him no type of ideas. Not to say that they would do it, but not to give him no yeah. ideas at all. No. Nope. Exactly. Now, granted, I did always sit on my grandfather's lap. I think the last time I sat on his lap, I was like 20 years old. Well, 
but you know, it was, I, I never, that was never, you know, never a concern, but yeah, I definitely would, you know, I would not, I would not condone that just, you know, at all in general, um, you know, because you just, de- you just never know. Exactly. And like I said, and like I said, it isn't even a gender thing. It's because women are abusers too, you know, so exactly. definitely, um, we, we, we just have, we have to be more mindful of who we have our kids around and we have to pay attention to them, you know, cause things, like you said, when you came home, your mom would notice things that changed in you. We have to, we have to pay attention to our kids. Exactly. Um, because yeah, it's the little thing. <laughs> And we have to listen to them because a lot of times we don't want to pay attention. We just shooting them off. Yeah. And and shooting them off is not they 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 lose confidence in you. Like Mm -hmm. every time I want to talk, she tells me, "Oh, I'm busy right now," or "Not right now," and it can be something important. And that's why I told you, like, with my kids. If I'm getting ready for work or you think it's that traumatic or you think that you're going to get in trouble behind something you did, write it on a piece of paper and put it in my uniform mm-hmm. or put it in my coat pocket. Go talk to your auntie because at the time me and my sister was living next door to each other. Like mm-hmm. I made sure that they had somebody to talk to if they thought that it would harm me. Mm-hmm. And we have to do this with, uh, with especially now because these kids nowadays, like, they're a little special. And, and I don't mean it in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, they are. They're a little special. A lot of them was born addicted. A lot of them don't have parents. Yeah. Because either death or jail. Like, it, it's totally different. So... And we also have to stop getting offended when our when kids do come to us because exactly. I know we, we teach our kids to be respectful, yes. But if your kid comes to you and says, you know, mom or dad, you know, I really don't like the way you're talking to me or not even so much the way you're talking to me because sometimes you do need to check a kid. So maybe something like, you know, that hurt when you touch, you know, when you grab me that way or whatever, like kids need to be able to come and say how they feel about something. Exactly. We be able to take it as an adult and not just be like, all right, well, I'm gonna show you something else that hurt. You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> My kids been laughing at me about that. They, they, they was like, yeah, when we was younger, when we didn't tell on each other, we all got it. Yes, y'all did. Y'all got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because for me, what I've had to learn, how to, what I've had to learn, too, is that yelling doesn't necessarily solve anything. With You're right. Um, all it does is it makes them shut down and then it makes them not want to tell me stuff. But, you know, when I'm like direct because you, you can still be direct and not yell, you know, I can still tell you what I expect of you or how, you know, and not yell. But I think once, and that's what anybody, if you yell at me, I, I stop listening to everything that you say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. That. <laughs> so, yeah, so we definitely have to make it, make the, make it a safe space for them to be able to communicate in. Um, because if they feel like they can't come talk to you, they're just not, there's just, no way around it. They're not going to be able to talk to you. And, you know, one thing I try to tell my kids, I'm not here to agree with everything that you say, but you can always come talk to me and we can figure out a solution. Um, but yeah, they just have to feel safe in, in being able to talk to you. So yeah. 
Okay. And that includes these adult kids. Oh, goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. I, say, I always say I loved them better. No, I ain't going to say loved them. I was better able to deal with them uh, better when they were younger than now. It's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought once they turned 19, 20, 21, that it was all. No, it's never over. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More Definitely. issues. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being so transparent and open. You know, I know, especially when it comes to our family and, you know, secrets or, you know, anything that's happened to us that we haven't openly discussed all the time with everyone. You know, sometimes we don't want to discuss it because we want to, we generally want to protect the people in our family. We want to, you know, honor them but then sometimes you know we have to be open we have to be able to release that for ourselves and help someone else so I definitely appreciate um you sharing that information because you know you, you first of all you didn't even have to identify who it was and you did so I definitely appreciate you for doing that um because I can't imagine that's easy to even to even be able to verbalize like I couldn't imagine saying my father hurt me you know right I, I can't imagine all the right. and disappointment that comes with saying that. So I definitely don't take that for granted that you felt comfortable to do that. And, you know, I just pray that, like you said, whoever is listening to this episode is able to either be a source of comfort for, you know, someone else that is going through it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a child. It can be someone who just never dealt with it. And maybe they are now in an addiction or they are in some destructive behavior because they haven't had a place to be able to feel safe and get all of that out. So, you know, I definitely, um, pray that, you know, this will help someone be able to get their story out as well too, because I think that's a lot. That basically is a lot of why we act and respond the way we do is just, we just not getting stuff out. We're keeping stuff bottled in and we're suppressing it and it's, it's, it's killing us. So yes, yes, it is. If it is, if it's not killing us physically, it's killing us spiritually. So we definitely got to get it out. So I appreciate you for coming on and thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, there's one more thing I need to yeah. tell the, the young ones. Never allow somebody to tell you that you have to have a relationship with that person if you forgive them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Do not allow that to happen. You can forgive somebody and not have it to act. Not have to have a relationship with them. That's because you have to keep yourself people. protected. Yeah, that's for young and old people. Because I think we we too have to. We even as adults, we think if I forgive you, that means I want to reconnect with you. And reconciliation and forgiveness are two different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like no, I forgiveness is for you. It really exactly I hurt you to be honest. So yes. I'm forgiving you so I can have peace. Exactly. But part of my peace might be me not seeing you again. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so that is definitely a good one. So, yes. Well, I appreciate all of the gems you have dropped on here. And um, you have Thanks a great day. Thanks for having day. me.
Thanks for stopping in. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Childhood trauma. Definitely a topic that most of all of us can relate to, especially when we expand our definition of what we believe childhood trauma to be. Like I said in the beginning, it's more than just the physical. It is also the emotional. It's the mental components. Maybe it's standards or titles that you have had to try to live up to in your family. Uh, Maybe it's just the tone of voice you know, certain individuals may have used with you. It's anything that has led to either negative behaviors or a negative response on our own behalf that has caused some sort of trauma in our lives. Um, I know for me, it's mainly just been just various experiences um, that I witnessed either growing up um, just from various individuals in my family that, you know, kind of created a, a stronghold around me as far as how I regard other people. So I have too had to, over the years, uh, deal with my own childhood traumas as it relates to being able to, to just trust people as it relates to how I express myself and as it relates to, you know, how I make sure that I don't pass on that same trauma to my own children. So I encourage everyone to just take a deep look into their responses, their behaviors, um, whether you have an addiction that was mentioned in this episode or not. It may just be certain things that you notice about yourself that are something you may not be proud of because of something you haven't dealt with that, you know, you may need to bring to the surface as an adult so that that child inside of you can finally have peace. So I appreciate my cousin Bunny, as I call her, for sharing her experience. I'm sure that was not easy to be able to relive those moments in her life that um, led her to some dark places. But I definitely appreciate her transparency and I pray that um, her story is able to help someone else, not just a woman, but men too, because I'm sure we can all relate as childhood trauma definitely doesn't discriminate. Thank you for listening.